Previously on Everything But the Little Fishies. We're talking about masturbating pretty frankly, right? Like, when's the last time you masturbated? I get to have a three-way with my best friend and my girlfriend. And then he's just like, let's get married. And she says, yes. So it's just like, okay. I can't be gay. I can't be black. I can't be this. I can't be a woman. But I can be poly. He's super insecure. He's super insecure and he can't handle all that woman. They basically fucked. I feel like she's very woke. It was like, it was a lot of money. There is no straight and gay and bi and whatever. And that it's all just love. It's like so adorable like <laughs> a celebration of the man child but i do not like the n-word joke at all it, but it made me laugh like you know what i mean no i'm blatantly sitting here telling i do not know what you mean why are you policing my language in the comfort of our home is that is that something you find funny you just want white people to say the n-word kind of you guys need to grow up i'm completely in the right and you're completely in the wrong like you're a fucking like a- addict. That's what I it's like. Stop it. defending it. No, no, Stop defending it. They sound terrible. And now the thrilling conclusion. No, 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 man. Then right off right there. I'll see you in the beginning, Brent. I'm willing to die too. I want to make movies out of blood, origin, sperm, and tears. Perfect. I believe, I believe this one out. I got, I got to talk to someone. Great, great job, Dude, that doesn't make any sense. What? It's a jig, I swear to Christ. My line's in the middle of the road. As long as the bar is Philadelphia. Plenty of sausage. Everything but the little fishies. Everything but the little fishies is recorded by live studio audience. Are we back? Yes, we are back. And we're back. Cool. All right. So, on the subject of the N-word. Yeah, Lunch Box, how about you talk about how, why saying the N-word is totally fine and funny? I think that it's the greatest, that it's so funny in every context. Uh, Rasan, do you think no, that... No, are... so like, no, like, no, like, should like, I just repeat what I said on our break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like... Reason why I, like, I just didn't like the joke was because in other other white writers and directors use who put uh, the N word in movies or shows or whatever use it for a particular reason like for Quentino like Pulp Fiction with um, was about power and like having the advantage and whatever for right. this it was just the like. Make it was just it. There was no reason. It was like it was just. It was just. I don't want. Was, I, want I want. I want the whole cast to say the n word. I want all these white people to get paid to say the n word right now. There's only two of them. It was only Randall and uh, Elias. But yes, I. But I, I think that basically what you're saying. There was no point to it. I think that that's no, almost true. I think that the point for the roundabout was, was except for the roundabout joke. I think that the point of it was basically cringe. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was very, like, yeah, it was very cringe. It, it was, was very cringy, and like it was supposed to be a like shock cringe moment, you know. And I think that that Clerks Two is filled with like shock cringe moments that don't fucking work at all. <laughs> you know, what like I, mean? I said, like it's it was like for a person who's writing and direct, writing that I respected, it just seemed lazy and pointless. Right to use the N word as a shock cringe moment. I, I, I it feel just, it just seemed lazy. That. Like if he if he did it if he did it in like a smart and clever way, I'm like, oh, that was. Great and like 
you know, whatever. Like, it's just like. I kind of, I felt I like said, the rest of the scene was kind of a smart, clever way, but it just didn't. Yeah, exactly. like the, the roundabout that. thing. The roundabout thing was like, yeah, the, like making Dante sound races at, at right. the end of it. But I, I just think that essentially, like. The N-word was trying to fill the same space as, like, the donkey show. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we're going to make sex jokes or whatever, but then we're going to, like, actually have a big donkey show cringe thing of, like, what the fuck? This is, like, you know what I mean? And, like, that I feel like was, like, we need a climax here. And he was like, well, the climax is the N-word. And, like, that works as a cringe shock whatever thing that, you know, puts an exclamation point on the end or whatever. But, like, it's also cheap and easy. I could, I could... I can see that. You hear that, um, everybody? Michael's comparing uh, black people to donkeys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Digging the hole deeper. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, I mean... I'm I, sorry. It's, I, just, it's, just like really, the, it's just really easy to do that whenever anyone says anything. I'm sorry. I was just being... It's, it's, it's just so easy. It's, it's, it's good, though. <laughs> that's that's great, a, great A material. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even have a clever anything to respond. It was just. Um, but no, I I get what you're saying, Rasan. Where like, it's a it is a sensitive thing. So when you use it, you ought to be doing it in a way that's like clever or actually like meaningful, because you don't want to necessarily just like censor art ever necessarily like you don't want things necessarily just be off the table but you also don't need to like you know art that's possibly misusing something or appropriating something in a way that you don't appreciate but i guess that's ultimately going to be like a problem with taboo comedy in general like there are just sometimes going to be um like things that are sensitive that like comedians will sometimes use in just like a crude way. And like a lot of people will think that's funny, yeah. but then the people who are like actually like directly affected by this thing are like a lot more offended and hurt by it. But you know what I mean? It's kind of like tales all this time when it comes to comedy. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And not, not also the person who's like, you can't write whatever you want. Like I'm not like, yeah, yeah. You can write whatever you want. Like I believe, I believe but I also, that, but it's just like I, it is. It did like it. I didn't. It, I didn't like it. Didn't win me. It's like I didn't like the yeah, dancing. I, I, like and, me, and that's I'm on the same the same level of me that did that was the dancing. It's not like I can never watch this movie again. I watched the movie like you know like 19 times. I don't know how many times I watched it, but like it's it could have been taken out. Nothing would have been different. Same with the dancing. Right. You could probably say that about a, a lot of shorter. scenes in Clerks too. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe even like a lot of Kevin Smith movies. Like there could be no yoga hosers and it would make no difference. <laughs> There's a lot that you could lose that yeah. Yeah. Could um could like, make no difference. Just give yeah, doesn't... different actors than Rosario Dawson and it wouldn't make a difference. <laughs> well, uh, unless you guys have more to say about clerks too, the use of the N word could segue us into Zach and Miri because I think it happens again. In that one, right? Yep. Does this yep. one pass? The t- does this one pass? I forgot what the joke even is. I I have to, yeah. I forget the joke for that one too. It's uh, it's some. I mean, do you remember what the joke was in Clerks Two? 
Yeah, yeah the, the N-word knife. Oh, yeah, was it that? Yeah, and I think it starts, yeah, he starts off being like, I just don't want people staring at being Dante, like, we're a whole bunch of porch monkeys. That's why it's that's why it's so absurdist. It's almost like like it's almost like a, a like a like a the, I thought that his use his use of the N-word was when they say like he's he's saying, What's wrong with saying porch monkey? And Dante says, Because porch monkey is an offensive slur, and he says, No, it's not. And then he says the N-word. He says, N-word is an offensive slur, and then like, whoa, whoa, they all like lose their shit. And I think that like part of the joke is like they were talking about a slur, but then this is a real slur. And there's like a thing, like there is some, like, it's a use of language thing. Like, you know what I mean? That he is talking about like the, the levels of slurs and the context and whatever. But yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. I hope you're not, mis- but, the, but the one, I hope you're not misremembering that scene. Um, Cause this is touchy and the way it was used does matter and whatever. No, but. no, 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 no. You definitely, that's, this is the way. That was the way. It's I do remember way. the yeah. the N word knife thing though. That's another use. Of it. It was like, where he's like, when oh yeah, that? well, because it that's actually the, that's still the same, still the same scenes just later. Because because he says okay. he's like, my grandma wasn't racist, although she did refer to a broken bottle as an N word knife. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like kind of like uh, that's the end of the scene. That's after that's after they already lost all the customers because he said the N word already and stuff. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so it's the, him realizing the racism. He's it's him see, like I don't know. It's but, it's aware. Like, I mean, it's aware of what it's, it's doing, it's, even if it is it's off, shock, off it's color. It's cheap. Yeah. It's you know. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's cheap. Same that's, that's cheap my, that's shock my problem. That the rest it. of the movie. That's is my problem with it is that it's cheap. If it like if it was yeah. something else with it, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. It's the it's it's cheapness. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. I think that that's the downfall of all of the scenes in Clerks. All of the comedy in Clerks too is the cheapness and stuff like it doesn't indulge enough in what's actually fun especially with jay and silent bob specifically like it's like we're gonna make jay get naked and dance like in that movie and whatever it's like why like what's funny like you know what i mean it's just like these cheap like well because he'll be naked that'll be funny like he'll be tucking (laughs) it back that's the joke it's like i okay whatever like and a lot of it's just like we're just gonna say something that's so offensive or we're gonna do something that's so gross or whatever that that's gonna be the joke and it's like that that's kind of kevin smith's sort of i don't know i think that that's quicksand for him or something you know like he can start to indulge in that and get way too far into it where i think that he's at his best where it's like in chasing amy when when Banky is at um the train station and he like starts showing a kid a porn magazine of a horse fucking a woman. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the type of thing yeah. that can be in a Kevin Smith movie and it's like horrible and ridiculous and shocking or whatever. But like it's just like and then Black Beauty wanted to do some of her own mounting or whatever. And like, then that's it. That's the whole joke. We don't need to go any further. It's not going to be funnier if like, no, what if he actually takes the kid and shows him a donkey show and does it? It's like, no, then it's not funny anymore. It's, it's, it's funny if you indulge in this to a certain extent and then you just back off. But when you really just go for it and try and get more and more shocking and more and more whatever, it just becomes really cringy and not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but the Clerks thing is, dude, two, like, I think that movie does hard, do... You know? The what? Clerks 2 is really try-hard. 
It is. It is comedically and everything. Um, but I think that the actual like love story uh, between Dante and Randall is like a great, like is done really, really <laughs> it's well. It's great man. romance. The prison scene, a highlight of the series. Yeah, it's a prison scene, but it's also like the scenes of Randall by himself and stuff. Like it's when Randall's talking to Elias and he's like, you know, like we're like when Rand or when Dante's gone, you're gonna be my best friend. Like, and then Elias starts telling him about pillow pants, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. It is. It's like, oh fuck, like this is what I'm gonna be relegated <laughs> to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. The idea of Randall without Dante is so sad. <laughs> it's like presented as so sad. Um, and and the idea of Dante, like I don't know, it's it's like it's a it's a really interesting story to tell. Like also just yeah, the prison scene where like you finally ask Randall, like what would you do if you ha- if you could do anything in the world? And he has this like breakthrough thing where it's like he reveals his heart and every and he's just like I would buy the quick stop and run it ourselves. And it's like the idea that that's everything like that that's his ambition is so heartbreaking like I, like tears are coming to my eyes right now <laughs> like, you know what I mean it's so it's like beautiful you know what I mean uh and it's it's very central to Kevin Smith's thing like because because I mean, Kevin Smith bought the quick stop and he bought the theater that he used to go to his like movies with his dad yeah. with when he was a kid and like whatever like he I don't know it's like he's brought all of his friends with him and all that stuff. Like there's something really, I don't know. Something really Kevin Smith about that movie that really works really well. And it's like part of what makes the Clerks franchise work well. It was part of what makes Clerks 3 work well, even though Clerks 2 sucks. <laughs> like It's just like <laughs> there are these things in it that are like so good, like that it's kind of hard to dismiss it. You know what I mean? That's what I, that's what I've realized watching it again. That was my kind of take. Mm-hmm. And then Zach and Miri make a porno. Yeah. Yeah. Zach and Miri make a porno. So this one I rewatched recently too. Which was um, then changed to Zach and Miri, then changed back to Zach and Miri make a porno. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, it was, no, it was put on, it was put on some posters of Zach and Miri because like, and on some DVDs, even like at Walmart, yeah. the DVDs uh, mm-hmm. had to be Zach and Miri and stuff. So there was yeah, that think, whole issue. I think I might they weren't have allowed one to have that the just posters. Zach and Miri, yeah. They weren't allowed to have the posters that had like Zach and Miri like going down on each other on them. So instead, they have like a stick figure poster that says <laughs> uh, Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks made a movie so titillating that we can only show you this drawing. And it's like of two <laughs> stick figures in front of a camera. That's right, um, yeah. So it that, went through that, like, a, that felt a manufactured a, to me, but like maybe there was controversy or there. Like, no, I think it, I think it was like Kevin Smith just put his foot down on a title that he was like, "It's a good title," <laughs> and it's like, yeah, "I don't care about these things." That's when he was talking about that with, with a cop out. They had another title that was a couple of dicks. And <laughs> he thought that was a much it was a much better title, um, and they like say it dicks. in the movie and stuff. And then when it came to releasing Cop Out and they wanted to rename it Cop Out, he was like, all right, fine. Like, I'm not going to fight this battle. I fought this battle on Zack and Miri and I was wrong because all of the, like, you know, problems releasing that movie and people not knowing what it was and stuff, like, all mm-hmm. have to do with that fucking title. So, yeah. 
then he just allowed them to call cop out cop out because he also <laughs> thought it was good because it was a cop out of a name or copping out on a better name so it's a cop out <laughs> it's like it's a cop out of a movie yeah, it's a cop out of a movie. But yeah, but Zach and Miri is not a cop out of a movie, man. Kevin Smith no, talks about it as what? I said, no, it's good. Yeah, man. I like Zach and, and Miri. And Kevin Smith talks about it very much as like him trying to catch up with Judd Apatow and like do a Judd Apatow thing or whatever. It, sure. and like, it, it is a Judd Apatow movie. This is what it is. And I was disappointed when I first watched it because it was like, I didn't pay money to see it. An Apatow movie. I came to see a Kevin Smith movie, and it's just like it was just upsetting that he would even like, like not stoop down to that level, but like even like question what he's doing. Yeah, I don't know if it is like like, like your last like time your I thing is, it, your thing works out for you. What? Last time I watched it, I felt like it was a pretty. I thought it was a Kevin Smith movie, though. Like. I definitely think, like, because he's using the Apatow actors and, you know, yeah. it comes out, like, not too long after, like, some of the biggest Apatow successes and whatever, it's hard not to yeah. associate it. But, like, it definitely still has the sweet and profane Kevin Smith blend and whatever. Um Totally. I think it has a really, really incredible blend of that. I think that this is like some of the yeah. best of Kevin blending those two things. And I think that it really is a much better version of Clerks 2. Like, it's almost the same thing. Like, there, there is this whole thing leading up to this donkey show, whatever set piece gross out moment or whatever. And Zach and Miri is this whole thing leading up to this porn set thing and whatever. Like, it's... There, there are similar gross-out moments. Like, the pooping on the face that happens in Zack and Miri is kind of akin to a donkey show situation and mm-hmm. that sort of gross-out stuff. But in Zack and Miri, that stuff works, and in, in Clerks 2, it doesn't. Like I, th- I feel like all of the sweet and, and profane stuff in Zack and Miri really works. Because I think that basically Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks actually have chops that I really don't think... Uh, well, I don't think I don't think Dante does. You know what I mean? I think that in Clerks too, like trying to sell a real romance thing and whatever. Like I don't really buy. Well, that was also Kevin uh, Smith's wife, Dante, and Kevin Smith's yeah. wife. Or yeah, which honestly, I thought that his wife did an okay job. But just like if you're comparing that to something Elizabeth Banks is doing, it's like yeah, nah, they they actually like. They're in a scene together. Seth Rogen. In a way that, like, a lot of other Kevin Smith. Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks are, like, actually stars, you know. They're actually pros, dude. And pros. I guess this kind of gets down to, like, a lot of, like, a, a bigger point with Smith with me is, like, the performances in his movies, man. Like, a lot of them are really bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... A lot of the good ones are really bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think yeah, yeah. that that Dante Hicks, like, is a character that is not well-performed. You know what I mean? I, like, yeah. don't buy him as a person who's actually there, like, a lot of the time. Like, I really feel like he's an actor saying lines, like, mm-hmm. a lot of the time. And that's true, too, for Randall, I guess. It's just that he's a different type of actor. 
And so mm-hmm. that's like he's a character actor where that kind of works or something. And I think that that's also like what allows for like, I don't think that Randall works as well in a movie with other. Uh, let's see. Basically, I think they're mall rats, right? Like, I, I don't think that you get Jason Lee without having uh, 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 what's his name? Um, T.S.? Yeah, T.S., fucking Jeremy London and stuff. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that you need to be... There's something about, like, the stilted performance that is, like, you're just saying these lines and we're aware that it's not real or something, but, like, we accept the rhythm that, like, allows for both bad actors and good actors to pull it off the same. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess it's, I guess they say it about Tarantino movies and stuff, too, or or Paul Thomas Anderson movies or whatever. I guess there's just like basically what I'm saying is there's just like an aesthetic to his performances and a rhythm to his dialogue that once people click into it, like it doesn't matter because they're not going to be believable either way. Like if they're a believable actor or something, but I yes, do think true. that it also limits it. Like in certain cases, like I think that it's great for comedy and stuff, like where you can have this thing where you've got this quippy dialogue and this stuff. But then I think that there are times when that doesn't sell as like a really emotional experience or something. Or like these aren't people who are looking at each other and responding to each other. These are people who are saying the next line. And that's great yeah. if it's Jason Lee saying the next line to Shannon Doherty in a, in a you know, uh, elevator. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to like... It doesn't have to be like him actually like looking into her eyes and seeing what she's saying, or whatever. It's like he just has to be like, Yeah, you said it was a good size. Like but there's something about those performances that I think is also very limiting. And I think mm-hmm. that it was interesting yeah. to see in Zach and Miri, like him actually have access to people who can like have romance happen on screen. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. It achieves that. Like, like in a way that I don't touching. even think they achieved in Chasing Amy. Yeah, no, I mean that's true. I mean, there's yeah, there's no moment except except between <clears throat> except between the guys, like you know. But I guess, the, yeah. the male female relationships, like I don't think he's pulled off before in a way where people are falling in love. Like you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think he pulled that off before Zach and Miri, unless maybe Jersey Girl. I could, I could rewatch that, but. I don't know. I think that I think that having like real stars there like allowed them to pull off something. Um, yeah. And like the scene where they're supposed to be fucking, but they're making love. You know what I mean? That like cheesy thing. That's the thing that it all builds up to. Like that's actually like a visual thing that's happening on screen of like people who aren't saying anything and like are performing their emotions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like yeah, it's not like it's not like it's fucking, you know. I don't know. It's not like it's uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford or something. You know what I mean? It's not like that type of subtlety or anything, but it is something that's like way beyond anything that Smith's been able to pull off before. And I think that like specifically like it is a Kevin Smith movie in, in the fact that like it's it's the it's Dante and Randall hanging out like it's instead of hanging out at work, they're hanging out at home because they're roommates. But like instead of work friends, they're roommates. And it's like. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's basically like a gay coded like friendship thing that ends up being like I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it is interesting uh, telling this kind of love story because it's not like a, it actually isn't like an incredibly romantic idea because it like isn't the kind of thing that is romanticized in movies and, and stuff. But he ends up making right. it really cute and it like really works. But like, yeah, the idea that you would like end up, you know, having sex with like your best friend that you weren't like physically attracted to before or you were incapable un- of like seeing in that kind of way. Right, right. Um, is, yeah, it's interesting. And it does it, it does that really well and it's like very believable. Um, totally. I mean, it's it's very much like I don't know. It's very much like if Dante and Randall were like, "Let's hook up." <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the complications that would come from like lifelong friends just like now making a porno and then just realizing that it wasn't about the sex and it was love and things, which is like connected to some chasing Amy. Like you know what I mean? His all of these things are like his view of romance and stuff can be very gay coded and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that, that's the other thing about like There's chasing also a Amy lot of, too. Uh, is, butt sex stuff you know a lot of like anal jokes oh yeah of course as always as always <laughs> um but but I mean, going back Zach, to the, Zach the, the thing that has, was, <laughs> sorry, sorry go ahead <laughs> well the, th- the thing that i was thinking about with chasing amy recently that i forgot to mention was that the idea of like him confessing to Alyssa in the car like that he loves her like that is the gayest scene, like ever. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's like, it, 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 yeah, like she's a girl or whatever. But it's like he's talking about like, yo, we're really good friends, and I know your sexuality is a problem, but like I think we should be together. And she's like, dude, like it's, like it's not like yeah. this is not fair because like I'm not like that sexual orientation. So like, you're just ruining our friendship. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? It's like very much like a guy coming out to a guy in a car and being like, I love you, man. And like, I, and being like, dude, that's not like, you know what I mean? All of like, and that chasing Amy, like all of those things can be gender reversed and queer revert and queered because that's kind of a lot of what chasing Amy is doing is like queering relationships and queering the idea of male friendship and whatever. And this is all stuff that has become more important since chasing Amy. Um, is the idea like specifically we didn't even get into Hooper X but like the idea of Hooper looking at fucking Star Wars and saying that this is all like a thing about the white man and gentrification taking over the black like that that's all race uh, race theory uh, what's it called um, that's what I'm saying the fact that he comes with a character that complex and smart and then he does goes does that in, in uh, Clerks 2 is like what where are you going right no I feel that I feel that <laughs> Um, I totally feel that, but, but like, I think that, I think that in chasing Amy, like he's way ahead of this curve where it's like, like talking about like queering movies, like talking about like looking at like old media and being like, well, actually this was gay or whatever. That was like a new thing in film criticism. Oh yeah. The the Archie. Archie, Archie And the Archie stuff like that, that's queering Archie, like queering everything is like what you know, film school is now, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, well, this is actually gay. This is like queering the Godfather and queering this and queering that. And like, same with uh, race gay. theory uh, stuff. <laughs> um, all the, 
what's what's the what's the buzzword for race um critical 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 race theory critical race critical theory race stuff. theory like this is like Hooper X is completely like him talking about Star Wars. That's critical race theory. And like this is all like this very ultra liberal, like new film criticism, queering and critical race theory stuff that Chasing Amy totally gets into like way back in the day, like back when it actually was new and interesting and cool uh, and like where it I don't know. Like, man, critical race theory is awesome in Chase of Gaby. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, clearing <laughs> shit is awesome in Chase of Gaby. Like, that's all the best. Like, I don't know. But, that, but then, but I think that that same thing can totally be applied to uh, Zack and Miri, where it's like this movie is totally, can be read, and you can queer Zack and Miri as well. It is all of these movies about, like, friends who are kind of gay for each other or kind of not friends or kind of, like, you know what I mean? It's a very central part of his thing. Um, even if he and he and uh, and Scott Moser never fucked his girlfriend together, I think there's still still <laughs> something something very personal in the in the male friendships in his movies. Yeah, that's a good point, man. The uh, a lot of his movies feature buddies, male buddies, and you know, Dogma. And that's also that's has, basically the thing that Dogma Apatow basically has, uh, gets credit yeah. for, right? Um, Often Apatow was talking about the bromance, like he created the bromance and blah blah, and it's like, and then. Mostly you know, they're like, like a oh. group of mostly it's a group of guys and it's just one on one except for like I love you man which is a different kind of thing. It's not I like, guess that's I not mean super super bad is bromance, definitely a bromance. Yeah, I mean bromance wasn't really a term back when Kevin Smith was making these movies no, until no, Judd no, Apatow no, no. movies and then they came up with the ter- term bromance yeah. and he was like oh shit well now my shit is actually taking off so mm-hmm. maybe I can make one of those and he did and and that failed so hard that the Jay and Silent Bob um, the Jay and Silent Bob dynamic though was something present in the 90s like you said in the stoned age and um, you know like Beavis and Butthead like I don't know the the idea of these like oh yeah the the rise of the the sex the sex crazed um, teenage boys who are into rock music and <laughs> are kind yeah, of yeah, like generally very single-minded and toxic. Yeah. Generally two of them. It's a Cheech and Chong situation. Mm-hmm. Harold and Kumar. Yeah. And Butthead, Jay and Silent Bob. Method Man and Red Man. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it's Romy definitely... Romeo like, and Michelle. Like a, <laughs> Michelle. Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Marks and Engels. <laughs> Um, but there's there's something archetypal about it. Um, totally, but I think that Kevin Smith kind of queers that. You know what I mean? I think that's part of that. his thing. Is he actually like that's part of what's different about a Kevin Smith than any of those other things? Is like none of those other ones are nearly as gay. What about Cop Out though? Wait, what about Cop Out? 
Is cop out gay? What about cop out? What a it's co- cop, cop out is barely yeah. anything, dude. <clears throat> it's just. Well, let's like let's let's skip like, over let's skip over cop out because we can all acknowledge. Yeah, it's no, like, no, I actually so I, I rewatched cop out somewhat recently. I, like, <laughs> I hadn't seen. I'll give you a real quick take. I hadn't seen um um what's it called Beverly Hills Cop before when I had seen cop out, but this time watching cop out since seeing Beverly Hills Cop, it's like very clear what type of movie Kevin Smith's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, where like in Beverly Hills Cop, like you've got um, Eddie Murphy. And he's not really playing, like, there's no real jokes, you know what I mean? He's just kind of, like, charming, and it's, you know, that type of, I don't know, that type of movie where it's just like, yeah, you get some really charismatic guy in there, but then you kind of just do a straight detective movie, but then it'll be really funny because he's really funny, you know what I mean? You don't have to have any Mm -hmm. jokes for him to be really funny. And Cop Out kind of feels like that, where it's like, it's written like that, where you're just going to have these people on and then be like, well... There's no chemistry. It's, it's, th- it's not there's working. No, like, like, yeah, yeah. Like this, this is just gonna work because of their their charisma or whatever. But then, yeah, they just got on set and there was no chemistry and there was whatever. And then Kevin Smith just like started just being like, oh yeah, just like riff. And then like he just started accepting people's terrible like improv and being like, yeah, that's good enough and going home. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like <laughs> it, you can feel it falling apart on set, like. Where there's so many scenes with like no punchlines and so many things that just don't work and it just doesn't sell and they don't feel like the scenes are in the same movie and it doesn't seem like the same actors are in the same movie. Like it's, it doesn't work at all, but it is definitely trying to be like a thing. I don't know. It's because it's trying so hard to be a great movie. It's trying to be hard to be Beverly Hills Cop that like it's set up so hard to fail. You know, mm. and I, I like, I would like to see Kevin Smith's Beverly Hills Cop, but this it was written by somebody else too, and it's just all the jokes are so lazy. It's, yeah, it's just not. It's hardly worth talking about. That that's all I have to say about that. It's yeah, it's on. not a it's not a Kevin Smith script. So it's kind of like a a studio job. Like he's just kind of yeah, like well, directing a movie After, and like. After the failure of Zack and Miri, he was so kind of destroyed that he was like. I used to say no to this shit, but well, well, let's try it. (laughs) I don't know who I am. (laughs) I thought that I could have a fucking hundred million dollar movie in Zack and Mary and it failed. So fine, I'll do copy. No, because he wasn't, he wasn't, he he made a Judd Apatow movie. He started sticking to his guns. Yeah, but all the Judd Apatow movies made a huge amount of money and he's like the original Judd Apatow. So why wouldn't his make the same amount of money with the same amount of people? It was just so disingenuous. so disingenuous. I don't know. Like I don't know. I think it's pretty genuine, dude. I, I think that there's a lot like no, there's I a like, lot to I like the, in Zack and Mary. I like I like that I do like Zack and Mary. I like the movie a lot. It's just it just feels like it just really feels like he just nose dive into doing like this is what that was this is what works, I'm gonna do that. And it's like that's it's like we're gonna get this guy and we're gonna do the, whatever works. I see I've seen it work before, it's gonna work for me. And it's just like Right, right. It's just like yeah, you know what works like even if you fail, but like it well, was, was, it was, it was just as, as a fan disappointing. That so he, that was his whole take on it in, in too fat for 40 was Kevin Smith says he has this whole story about uh, Gretzky. If you remember his great Gretzky score, um, no. but basically he's talking about how Gretzky's dad said, when you're, when you're playing uh, hockey, don't go to the puck, go to where the puck's gonna be. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
And his whole thing was like at Zach and Miri, he was trying to, he was following the puck. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah. when, when I made clerks, it. I was not following the puck. I was like, when I made yeah. clerks, I was going where the puck was going to be. And I've been doing that my whole career or whatever. And like, by the time I got to Zach and Miri, I was, I was following the puck so far yeah. behind that I was, I just, I don't think that's really fair. Like, I think that Zach and Miri is a lot better than that, man. I, it's, it's like, it's a good, I don't know. I don't know. But it's a solid I, I movie. feel you on that. It's a too. solid movie. I do like Jack Mary. I don't want to. Be it's like, not a great like movie. Sure. It's not like one of his best, but it's it's solid. No, I do like, really like it. It's something it like I'll, it like I'll, shows I'll, I'll, his ability to do something he didn't quite do in any other movie up until that point. Totally. But it, it and it's and it's classically Kevin Smith structured, and it like it works. I don't know. I I, I think it's a real Kevin yeah, Smith movie, and it all and it ends up being about clerks, so it's very. Right. I mean, it's about filming. It's, it's it's about clerks. It's another one of his meta things. It's about filming, yeah. you know, a movie at work, um, continuing what he started way back with. I don't know, chasing Amy's uh, references to Thirty Seven and whatnot. And so Zach and Miri was a was a failure, and Cop Out was a failure, and so Red State was this. But significantly, also at the end, at the end of Zach and of... Miri, he started smoking weed. Okay. Seth Rogen introduced him to weed. So that so after Zach and Miri is when you get Stoner Kevin Smith for the first time. For cop out. Yeah. So like after he started smoking with Seth Rogen during the editing of Zach and Miri or whatever, and then when Zach and Miri came out and failed, he was like, "All right, I'm just gonna start doing wake and bakes every day," and he did for you know 15 years or whatever, <laughs> 20 years, however long it was. Um, but yeah, that that was the beginning of Stoner Smith, and then Cop Out. He, you know, wasn't wasn't able to deal with fucking Bruce Willis. Whether he was stoned on set, I probably doubt it at that point. But you know, Stoner Smith still couldn't overcome Bruce Willis. But then you get brilliant Stoner Smith with Red State, man. Yeah. So yeah, Red State. It's a. It really is like his Black Sheep movie. That's really different and outside of his wheelhouse and an actual try at something tonally yeah very different which i wish he continued doing because it was so i really really loved that movie it's a good movie movie yeah it's like actually like in a perfect world it would be considered like a horror classic or something like like it gets no attention like no one gives a shit about red state yeah because off his dick and fart jokes he can't get credit for that, but so good. Um, when I first watched Red State, um, like it was weird because like I like like I like I recently fainted like around that time when I came out, and then I started watching the movie, and then like when that kid was stuck inside that like doll crate for a long time during the speech, I started getting that feeling again. And so I had to, like, turn it off. And so I couldn't watch the movie for, like, a while. Because like, I don't want to feel that feeling again. And I was like, well, I, I really got to watch this movie because I know it's, it's no movies make me feel like I'm about to, like, pass out. <laughs> so, like, I, so I ended up watching it and, of course, loving it. But that's, that's feels like I should mention that. The movie made me feel trapped and sick. Yeah, yeah and that's really... That, that... 
It's really that sickening. Is, uh, that sequence is like incredibly long. Like it's a bit of a, it's almost yeah, like Yeah, and it's like so good. It, it's it's like, almost it's like so, a punishing the audience, Von, yeah. like guard kind of move. Because like these kids trapped in the cage and you just have to like sit here and listen to this guy give this like really long speech it, and you have like no idea. Just what's pure hate speech. It's yeah. just hate yeah. speech for like a half hour. It's like <laughs> yeah. a half hour of Kevin Smith's hate speech. It like feels like a half hour. It's probably like ten minutes. Yeah, 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 it's probably like ten minutes, but it feels it it's, it feels like it goes on. It feels like I feel like it might even be more than ten minutes. But yeah, 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 it's a long. No, it's, it's long. It's long. I, yeah. I don't know how long it's it is. Ridiculous. It, def, it like it stands out, and you're like, that was like half the movie, and it's like no, but it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's punishing. It's punishing. It's all yeah. It's so like. It, I think about that. You try to think about Red State. It's how it made me feel like sick and fainty. It's also incredibly cynical. And like the way it like picks off characters is like really brutal and nihilistic. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) There's nothing twee about this movie at all. Yeah. The beginning of Kevin Smith's weed smoking phase is like completely no twee, goofy bullshit. There's no, I mean, I don't know. It gets, it gets ridiculous, but in a, I don't know. It's so cynical, dude. It's so cynical, this movie. Um, and it's just like, when I watched it the first time, I really felt like I was, I was prepared for Kevin Smith to have a whole new career as like, like finally being like acknowledged yeah. as a, like, peer of Tarantino and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like, okay, yeah, like start doing movies like that too. And it's, yeah. It's like you, like, you've, you've proved that you can do this now. Like, <laughs> and like, if you just start doing movies like this now, it's like hilarious. Cause you're like, no, I, I just did all those view askew movies because that was, cause that's what I wanted to like. I don't, like, I don't know. There's something, there's something weird about like being able to come out with like a really, really well-formed, like ballsy auteur piece of filmmaking that has nothing to do with like the rest of your auteur works or something. It's like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who, it's like, like other than like, let's see. It's like Paul Thomas Anderson going and doing like, there'll be blood or something. Like, you know what I mean? It's like. Oh, you can do this yeah, too. Yeah. Like now, like yeah, I, I thought yeah, you yeah. were the Boogie Nights guy. Like, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like Kevin <laughs> Smith doing red I state. Saw right? be blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it, I mean, it's not even. It's 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 even more crazy than that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's way it crazier than, than that. Um, it's, it's, it's like a, it's more it's a, like if Kevin like, Smith made there'll be blood. <laughs> like, like that's. <laughs> it's like if Rich. It's like if Rich Wilkes made the guy who made Glory Days and uh, and uh, what's it called? The Stone Age. You know what I mean? If he made there'll no, it's blood. like the guy who did all the real girls doing Pineapple Express. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. <laughs> And and he's he's doing all the uh, what's it called that show now? The uh, Righteous Gemstones is what he's on. Oh, yeah. the other guy. Oh, nice. Yeah, the, the, the directors out. of the Righteous Gemstones are like, yeah, uh, yeah. David Gordon Green. Yeah. Shout out to the Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. Really good show. Yep. Yep. Such a good yep. show. Such a good show. 
But um, yeah, back to Red State though. Like I, yeah. I, I love the the fucking with structure that he's doing with Red State, where I really feel oh, yeah. in Red State, where I'm, I'm seeing Smith the filmmaker like on the page. Like he's he's such a writer, and it is a writer thing. But it's not just dialogue. It's also like the structure of that movie and him really fucking around with like as a movie fan, what your expectations are and him just being like, I know movies so well that I'm just going to keep fucking with this. And he actually like just pulls the same trick like 10 times, but each time it's like just as impressive as the last, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you never really know where the movie is going. It like definitely twists and turns and just you keeps like lifting the veil. Yeah. Like, oh wait, there's like... another veil. Yeah. Like the John Goodman section of the movie. You know, you're just yeah, like, oh, like this, too. this now, which is, it's awesome. It's like such yeah. a good part of the movie. They have like, John yeah, now, Goodman is such a, such a heavy hitter. Like he's so awesome. And like bringing him in at the end to really like solidify. Yeah. The movie <laughs> is awesome. Uh, but who, who's the other, the, the, the guy who plays the, uh, the lead is also like a guy. yeah Michael Parks. He's also a pretty heavy yeah. hitter as well. He's like really yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his hate speech is intense, man. Mm-hmm. He's very convincing and scary. Yep, yep. But yeah, and and I just I just love the you know main characters dying off, not having any idea what's coming, like not having any idea who you like and dislike and shit. Like it's it's really really well written, and, and then I don't he, think and he then, got nearly enough credit. And then for like a second, you almost like believe, you almost think that like the four horn the the horns of the apocalypse are come or whatever. What is it? It's like the four yeah. horsemen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was actually gonna horns. come. Yeah. It, like, it made sense that this is gonna happen. Yeah, the sirens, like the sirens. Yeah, it's one of those. It's one of those things where it's like uh, it could have gone each way. Like when it's like as it's happening, it's kind of like, is this how the movie's gonna end? It's just gonna be. Yeah. It, it, is this gonna be like a big? Is like is Smith gonna do something really surreal here and then just end the movie? But then it goes into the whole like court uh, courtroom scene where he explains that it actually was yeah. like. Uh, thing that somebody was blasting across the way some teens fucking with him or something yeah what do you think the chances are he tried but couldn't get alanis morissette so then he wrote that instead uh that would be amazing Uh, (laughs) it's just like all right i want god to show up but the only person who's allowed to play god's alanis morissette does she show up now okay well then now we'll write something else well i think god was show up it wasn't but the four horsemen show up does god show up when the four horsemen show up you never, I mean, God doesn't show up ever. It's, yeah, I'll be showing up. And Dogma God shows up. Which one? That's about Talking it. about the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, man? <coughs> it's all one thing, right? Yeah, but I mean, if it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just be when, in one place. Unless, <laughs> unless it's Alanis Morissette. <laughs> unless you're case, God. <laughs> unless you're Alanis Morissette, in which case you can be God in a Kevin Smith movie. Yeah, Red um, State. but like it did. I did like all the shots of Jen Schwalbach shooting a gun. And I was like, I can obviously see that was for him. <laughs> that movie. It was like that's you just wanted to see him while I shoot guns yep, for like yep. forty five minutes, didn't you? It's okay. Of course, it's, it's, very it's self, very indulgent, very self indulgent. 
Um, yeah, I guess I guess moving on. We don't from have. That, the, the yeah, next, we don't have uh, too much time. So yeah. Yeah, we'll be <clears> all right. <throat> I can also be late. It's not the worst thing. We in can the world. we can breeze through um, Tusk and Yoga Hosers and Hollyweed and. <laughs> Yeah. We are not breezing past yoga hoses. You will go back to yoga hoses right now. Yeah, well, no, well first of all, so, next up, so next Tusk. up was Tusk, based on yeah. the bullshit that he came up with on his podcast, where somebody like was like, oh, "Okay, that's a, like he came up with some stupid story of like, what if a walrus guy, blah blah blah," and then they were like, "That's funny, but you should actually do that." And then it got like funded to like actually do this <laughs> stupid thing that he came up with, stoned or whatever, and then just like went with it, and it's it. It's just like such ridiculous stoned, stupid ideas that like it's kind of like a snakes on the plane. You know what I mean? It's a thing that's like the idea of this movie is so funny or whatever. Then when you see it, it's like, oh, wait, you're just actually committing to doing this story about like what? Like I don't, it's a crazy Nazi who's turning people into walruses and stuff like it's there's nothing really that fun or interesting about it, except <laughs> that's that also- it's so dumb. That's actually the bottom line is like this guy is just turning him into a walrus and the entire movie is just like the reveal of that happening and then like the other characters like figuring that out. Yeah. You know, like there's like... It's just like the concept sounds crazy and shocking and weird and ridiculous. And why would you ever do it? I got to see this. And then you see it and you're like, it's not, oh, it's just that. Okay, it was just a concept that you then had to go and do. And there's no real story, through. really. It's actually, and actually, the yeah. walrus is just like kind of grotesque and not funny. It's sort of just like, oh, actually, this idea. It kind of takes itself seriously to a certain yeah, extent, yeah. right? Like, it's like, actually, this idea is like, yeah, kind of like just gross. Like, I don't want to look at this. It's not like interesting in a Cronenberg kind of way or like. Oh, it's not. I, I never saw. I never saw Tusk. That's the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen Tusk. But that, that's that is it is weird that it's not like as good. That it's not that. That's surprising to me. I still got to see it. I assume that it was like know. either humorous it's, walrus or like a grotesque walrus. That I think. I think walrus. it's. I think it's. I think it's like a tonally confused movie. It's not really. It doesn't. It doesn't have the same tonal control as Red State. Doesn't like know what it is. It's like almost like kind of a horror movie, but it's like kind it's of a comedy too. It's almost between Red State. It's like half Red State, half Yoga Hosers. Honestly, I yeah, like the yeah. attempt though of like seeing well, like what does audience, what does my audience want, and like I like the idea of it. And Tusk is also. Was, it was, yeah, I think Tusk is also a part of the Ask Universe, and like Yoga Hosers and Tusk are definitely connected. Are they? Oh yeah, I mean Johnny Depp's characters in both of them. Oh no, I know, but are they connected to the Ask universe, or is that a separate I think, universe? Uh, maybe it is a separate universe, but I thought. I think I think Tusk and Yoga Hosers are connected to each other, but I don't think they're connected to the Ask universe. Though I could be proven wrong. Okay, maybe they're not. <clears throat> but my my thing no. like with Tusk though is like it has all of that cynicism of Red State, like all that feel bad stuff of red state but like none of the kind of but it also just has all the stupid bullshit of yoga hosers you know what i mean or like it just feels like some stupid bullshit that you come up with and go with whereas red state feels like it's really fucking with a format and doing something tusk is like 
not fucking with anything, but kind of still feel bad. Yoga hosers is this thing that like is kind of just stupid bullshit, right? Like, would you would it's, you agree? Oh yeah, it's it's definitely like it almost like it is better than Tusk just because it's so over the top and stupid. And like, but I think that it's also feel good. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it is feel yeah, it's good. Fun. It's a fun it's, movie. Yeah, it's feel it's, good. It's like it's a fun movie. And I think that I think that Yoga Hosers is the example of the twee Kevin Smith um, actually kind of working out. You know what I mean? In this Tusk period, I think that like him, if he's just going to go with like these crazy, stupid stoner ideas, then I think that doing that in a like oh yeah well do it with your daughter and have fun and it'll be sweet and whatever it's cute to see these young kids learning to act and whatever like that's that's way more fun than the tusk thing of like isn't it so cool cool and edgy that we're doing this they're 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 basically quick stop employees it's it's a lot it's a lot of fun it's like the girls have fun with each other I really, really like Yoga Hosers. I can't say that. I, I loved it. I had a great time with Yoga Hosers. We got a Yoga Hosers yeah, fan here. Are, I fucking love Yoga Hosers. No, it's funny. It like I a, think it's that's, a bizarre that's really clerks, the vibe works. You know? What? It's a bizarre yeah. clerks. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's, it's good. I'm a, I'm a big Harley Quinn Smith fan. I'm a big... Uh, Johnny Depp's daughter fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan of her. I don't know her name, <laughs> but I, I I think they're both good actresses. Are you watching? Are you watching the new uh, the new thing with with Depp? Uh, Depp. Called something Violet thing something? or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm trying to think of her name. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't really finish it yet. Depp. But like, I seen like I seen like the first like I seen like the first I seen like four episodes of it, and I do like it. And it's kind of like actually like like I can't like do it. Watch that movie. Watch that show while I do something else. I had to like really right, sit down right. and watch that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. But um, I I do enjoy it. I enjoy them so, I I, I really enjoy that show movie. Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't seen I haven't it. Yet. it I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it that, in a minute. But um, so so that after that was the Kevin Smith Silent but Deadly special where he basically went out and recorded one of these stand up specials, um, and then immediately afterwards he had like a massive heart attack that theoretically like really should have killed him, um, but he survived. But it's kind of weird <sighs> to think at this point. This could have been the end of Kevin Smith's career, you know what I mean? Just Yoga like hosers. him, he's got the Viewisk universe. He's got like his failed attempts at <laughs> revisiting the Viewisk universe. You know what I mean? He's got the failed <laughs> attempt at Jersey Girl. He's got Clerks too. Then he's got you know Zach and Miri is an attempt to redo that kind of. He's got Yoga Hosers is kind of an attempt. Like you know what I mean? These things that are weird attempts at going at the same thing over and over, but like never going all the way back. You know. But then, you, after his heart attack, he goes and does Jane Silent Bob reboot, which is like this big, you know, lap to everybody that he ever worked with and stuff. Being like, yo, I almost died. Could you uh, show up? <laughs> and then be like, oh, sure. Do they, uh, repeat that, do they repeat that joke from Jane Silent Bob Strikes Back where it's like, and then you have to do your friend's movie because he almost dies. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So this one, this this one, I I really liked when we we watched it together, right? When it first yeah, we, out. are you talking to me? Yeah, we watched it together. All three of us, I thought. All three of us? Did we? No. 
Maybe. No. Pretty sure we all three watched Reboot at my parents' house. Oh. Well, I remember yeah. watching it with you, Lunchbox. Yeah, huh? we did. Yeah. I think we did. In the basement. I do remember. Yeah, I think we I think all three of us did do that, yes. Yeah. I think we nice. did. We did. But it was a long time, like between it was a long, Yeah. I mean Yoga yeah, Hoses is twenty sixteen. Yeah. But it had been a long time since a Jane Silent Bob thing. I mean that, that that's uh yeah. Pre COVID. Pre-COVID movie. Yeah, 2019. Reboot. Pre-COVID movie. Pre-COVID yeah. movie. I, I, I remember my initial viewing of Reboot being lackluster. I, I, I did feel a little bit like, you know. It I was like you it, saying that. We did watch it together. There's a bit of a sadness, bit of a sadness to it that like he still has to return to this stuff because he can't get anything else funded or something. Or I don't know if he like and I don't know. It's uh but at Yeah, the same, it's also very crowded funded too, yeah. Yeah. He's like, you can pay money to be like in the shot in this yeah. movie and Yeah, yeah it's, and it's, it was like it's a very road self- show. It wasn't released. It wasn't released in theaters. It was a road show that he toured with and then like went to individual yeah. theaters and played for an audience. And that's his new, that's how he does it now. Yeah. Um, you can't get like an actual general release or whatever. Yeah. And they make fun of that at the beginning of Reboot by, you know, talking about the parent company and the bullshit that they made or something like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, the rest of the culture. That's why we... That's why we went to uh, movies because they were doing the movies with reboot, right? I think so. Oh yeah, yeah you guys went well, to movies. Jersey. That's right. What was that like? Yeah, we went to. That was that was that was, I I enjoyed it. Um, was it COVID time? No. Okay. Sure. It was before COVID. Okay. But I remember we had to like wait in like, the line to go out. It was before the reboot. I thought it came out around the same time. Weren't they, weren't they playing it? No, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it was during COVID. I feel like you might be right. I think it I feel was like, like it was. I feel like we had masks. We had to. Could we know we had to eat outside and everything? Yeah, yeah, and it was yeah, like a yeah, line. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, I feel like masks in line was a thing. And yeah, like, we can take our masks off to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you can just basically order all the stuff that you see on on. On the on the movies and everything, so they had uh, the cow tipper. You could get um, the uh, chocolate covered pretzels from Mallrats. You can get the clerks. A cookie from no, the no, cookie no, not, not clerks. Um, yeah, yeah, you get cookie sand. A uh, cookie from cookie sand. Yes, we got cookies from cookie sand. You also could get the hater tots from um, Reboot. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Just I think hater, I think stuff. hater tots were in yoga hosers too, right? Hater tots, were they? Yeah, I thought. Uh, I, I, I don't thought, remember. I thought hater tots were introduced in yoga hosers. Maybe I'm wrong. No, it's it's introduced in a reboot because it was uh, Fred Armisen invented hater tots. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now Unless they right. happen to have had an earlier mention, which would be an in joke that Smith would do, but. That would make no, it no, so what was upsetting universe. about that was like you like it was, I was it was fun and I want to do it again. They ever do it? They do it again to Jersey, like 
the food was fine and everything. They just like we they didn't have like we got the cups and like they had like movies on it, but they weren't like commemorative cups for me to yeah, take home and like cups. keep forever. It's just paper cups that I had to throw away no matter what. Like uh, I can hold it in my room for a little bit, but eventually it's gonna get like gross, so I'm gonna have to throw it away. It's gotcha. like they had like wrap to wrap the burger, but it's like yeah, it's just paper that's got burger grease. <laughs> like if, if, if it came, yeah. if it came with like, I think there should have been more like accoutrements. Yeah, accoutrements to like with yeah. with that <laughs> with, with with that. Of course, they also had like a, a little section to buy some stuff. I had like a movies like patch I could put. But also, on it would have been cool like, to go if Kevin Smith was there. But like he was there the day before we were there. We always do that. We always miss him by a day. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, the other the other time we went to the secret stash and stuff was the day after he was there, right? The first time, like, yeah, yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. there, just doing something. Yeah. We just went like randomly. Mallrats right two after. or something, right? Like, yeah, he was a scout from Mallrats two or something. Yeah. yeah, he was at that mall. I remember. But he was supposed to do yeah, like Mallrats two in uh, Granite Run Mall in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Which is, is that like, still happening? Mall. It's on Letterbox. Twilight so, no. of the Mallrats. That's yeah, it's it? still happening. Oh, good. So, I don't think it's going to happen. If it happened, so, I, I would hope it happened in that mall because it's set no, it's up not, very, very closely to Eden Perry. No way Eden it's Perry still mall. happening in that mall or anything, but Kevin Smith said so. he's still trying to do that. Okay. Is that like actually still trying to do a Mall Rats 2, whether it's the same Mall Rats 2 that it would have been or anything, who knows? Because there was a Mall Rats 2 oh. script release, I think, and stuff like he did readings and stuff. But I think that he mentioned at our thing, he's like, all the things will happen. He's like, yeah, there's going to be a Clerks cartoon show. It's going to happen. I just, you know, it will take as long as it will take. And like, yeah, I'm still trying to do Mallrats too. It's like going to happen. Uh, that's, you know, there are those conversations. But yeah, uh, he's largely, mm. largely still trying to go forward with everything. But it's just like money, you know. But as far that's as reboot... Son of- that's why it's selling all the shit. Yeah. He's like, nobody wants, nah, nobody wants to see Mallrats too. So I guess I got that much sell. money. <laughs> it's like he's getting like a couple hundred bucks here and there. It's not that much money. It's weird. I know, but if you keep like having people come to watch any movie that you want to watch with you, then I guess it will happen. Because like they even have like Evan. Like I, I get like emails since I bought tickets to the thing. I get emails. So what happens to Smodcast? They actually had like. A Barbie viewing with Kevin Smith. So you can go watch it with Kevin Smith. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah, they did it for um the night the night before we were there, he had done it for um the new Indiana Jones. Uh, oh yeah. Which he just, sounded like he did not like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wasn't wasn't great. But as far as reboot. I yeah, reboot. That, so one of, one of the big things with reboot is that Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith hadn't talked for like a decade at that point, something like that. Um, I think that part of this had to do with Affleck dating um, what's her face, Alias, um, Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner. Yeah, Jennifer Gardner. Um, Why? I think that she doesn't like, she didn't like Kevin Smith or something. That's like, there was a thing. Like, you know what I mean? They are together in an episode of um, Dinner for Five. Um, and it's like, I don't, I don't know. But I've, I've seemed to remember there's a thing that like, 
the reason that they weren't talking was that like Jennifer Garner like didn't want him to hang out with Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith had a big mouth and talked about shit on specials and like that sort of thing. Like there was, I don't know where I heard this, you know, but I was on Kevin Smith's message boards back in high school a lot. So, so I, there was some reason that I felt like I knew this. Um, <laughs> and I was listening to a recent interview with Smith where they were talking about Jersey Girl, talking about um, Affleck and, uh, and um, J-Lo. And they were like, were you surprised they got back together? And he was like, absolutely not. I like always knew that they were meant to be together. Blah, blah, blah. Like his whole, he had this whole thing or whatever that like maybe, that's maybe that's, maybe Jennifer Garner got that vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're old friends. He knew the girl, the ex-girlfriend and the thing and whatever. So it's probably threatening. I don't know. Um, there was that sort of problem. Um Well, the my main takeaway from reboot is the extension of the story of uh, chasing Amy characters. Well, that's that's what I was getting to. Yeah, exactly. And Holden, we didn't exactly. get to it. Yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's Alyssa, my favorite part of the movie. Alyssa and Holden. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of the characters come back. Yeah, but the Alyssa and Holden scene, the one with Ben Affleck, is like the scene and that like supposedly was a scene that was not written into this movie like they were already shooting this movie um by the time he reconnected with ben affleck and was like yo do you want to be in this movie and like basically what happened was actually a radio host said that that kevin smith was out doing this movie or whatever and asked matt uh, ben affleck and like are you doing it and he was like I would, but Kevin hasn't called me for some reason or whatever. And like Kevin Smith like heard this and then called him and was like wrote this scene for him. Um, and it really feels like that scene is like the only reason this movie exists. You know what I mean? Like it that's is. the only it's thing the that it really part. adds to this thing. Yeah. So like what this movie would have been without the reconnecting of Ben Affleck and Kevin Smith is like it would have been nothing. <laughs> but what it ends up being is like that's such a great fucking moment for this franchise. You know what I mean? Like, and I understand yeah. as a movie, like watching it again, there are a lot of really cringe parts of that movie that I really don't think work. Um, a lot of it is the twee stuff that I find very, you know, annoying, <laughs> you know? Um, but the twee stuff, just the twee stuff, just how cute it has <laughs> to be movie. all the time. Like just, I, I don't part. know, just like the stuff with um, the girls, I guess. Um, the the ass kicking girls, the same problem that the first Jane Silent Bob Strike Back had, which I which was it was aware of it, like it was aware that it was doing a cliche. They call themselves, you know, cliches, and they do in this one too, or whatever. But like, it's just a lot of the jokes just aren't that funny. I don't know. The funniest joke in it is the fucking thing that happens at the. Uh, he does the um, Glenn Gary Glenn Ross speech at uh, and it's kind of like a a Glenn Gary Glenn Ross mixed with um, the Blues Brothers scene. Remember in the Blues Brothers where they like fuck with the Nazi the, the KKK guys. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of the, that scene in this movie, but he does a Glenn Gary Glenn Ross speech to like confuse the KKK people. <laughs> It's like that's the funniest shit in the world. I don't know, like, because it's just like he starts talking with so much authority. Kevin Smith pulls it off so well; it's very funny. But I think that a lot of the other stuff in the movie, I don't know, 
I think that Fred Armisen is like pretty good. The whole beginning with the court scene is terrible. Um, even the stuff with, I don't know. I think even some of the people who come back, like their scenes are just not great. Yeah. Cause they're so it feels cutter. It, like it feels a lot more making the reference. Feels a lot more washed up and lazy for sure. Yeah. But that, that scene with Banky or with a Holden really, uh, kind of makes it all worth it. Honestly. And on, and really like, I think that Jay does a really great job acting. I think that the emotional stuff between him and the daughter is like, they pull it off. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and in a way that Kevin Smith like, doesn't just, normally. Um, it really he's works. Just weird to, he's just weird to look at in that movie, Jay, to be honest His with teeth. You. Yeah, well, um, his, I, his veneers I do, are I problematic. Actually, I actually did enjoy the movie. Uh, I, um, I didn't like how it was like, the Jay and Silent Bob Khan that he had and just mix it into the movie that that felt cheap. But um but no one has done it before, so that's that's something. But it felt cheap. And yeah, he looked the, the dentures looked really bad. I, I, like, I, I don't think he, I don't like him with dentures, which so you know that's not anything we can really do anything about with, but that's that's something that I'm just thinking about. He looked a lot better on uh, Clerks Three, though. Yeah. Like you might get yeah, better to have him redone. Know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they just settled in more. Dude, settled was, into it. Right. But I on rewatch on rewatch I didn't I wasn't as impressed with with reboot as I had been the first time just because a lot of the jokes I think didn't work as well. I think the jokes are really where reboot. I don't know. I think the Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back had jokes that were still more shocking in that Kevin Smith shocking way and stuff. Whereas reboot really lost its edge and leaned way more into the twee, even than strike back, you know? Also like, this is to me, this one's just a whole big joke about making fun of reboots. And like, in fact, this is a reboot. I thought that that part really worked well. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Just adding youth and diversity to a failing (laughs) franchise. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean like reboot, I think like reboot has like the meta self awareness, uh, like snake eating its own tail thing going on to an even greater degree. You know, then yeah, I like because that's the whole point of Strike Back was yeah. just like. Yeah. I mean, even ha- like, like like to have Kevin Smith be a character in the movie too, and like the thing where he yeah. says like "fuck cop to cop out" or <laughs> whatever in the, right, the mirror. Right. And make him be an like, asshole in the movie, too. It's yeah, fun. yeah, he's just an asshole. He's, like, crowdsourcing his movie, which is really what he was doing. <laughs> yep, yep. He's, like, the, like everybody in this scene is, are like, the people who donated money on a Kickstarter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, oh, you guys paid money to sit here and read this movie. It's <laughs> like, bullshit. I, so I would too, but I would too. Like, uh, oh, like, it's just like, no, I wouldn't. That sucks. That's that's, that's, that's like hundreds of dollars to do that. So it's I would never spend hundreds of dollars to do. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like weird. that sounds like if for like, all look the, at these suckers. 
Yeah. I bet <laughs> yeah. for all those people, for all those people who were there, they were having an experience that was like just as weird, too, right? just as weird or even weirder than the ones you, you guys were having at that auction. Yeah. You know, we're just yeah, like, they'll sit in these it's stands. It's, exactly, like, Dude, it's the same people. Kevin Smith comes out. He's like, Hey guys, what's going on? So like, like they'll sit in these like bleachers. It's like, okay, everybody, we're going to get started shortly here. Anyone have any questions? Like, <laughs> It also seems like now everyone go ooh ooh. Everyone go ah ah. Like ah, cool, we great take, and we're gonna use that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's so like blatantly like, and he also you pay for a line too as well. Yeah. People who have lines who are just extras will like have paid like I don't know how much money. But I do remember that being part of the the thing. Yeah, it's pretty insane. <laughs> and then having to do the the tour. He was he was trying to sell that again at the uh, thing that we went to at the auction. He was selling. Oh yeah. He'd be one of the background. A people. scene that won't be cut because I'll be in it and whatever in my next film. Whatever. <laughs> it's like yeah, well, it's not like <laughs> you're gonna be the guy up. getting the guy coffee like and like in. Uh, I can be bringing Chris Rock his coffee. For like, you can sign up for like the guy. You can sign up to be like a, an extra for like some casting thing. It's yeah. free. Right. It's a bit of a scam. All right, but then, but then we move on to our Clerks Three, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Clerks Three after last after reboot it kind of proved itself. Isn't the guy who got. Chris Rock and Coffee, Shannon Elizabeth's husband. Yeah. He's in all of her movies. Yeah. <laughs> really? Does he look like an act- actor or he just does that? Sometimes? I don't know. I think he, I think, That's I think he <laughs> was, he, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is he an American Pie? They talk about it on the, yeah, I think he's in American Pie somewhere. They talk about it on the commentary <laughs> okay. of, of Strike Back, but I haven't listened to the commentary in a while. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Clerks like, 3, uh, Clerks 3 is like his most solid movie since Red State, probably. Since yeah. Red State? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it is like kind of refreshing in a return to form because it's not very twee and it's not like um, as over the top and cartoony and try hard as uh, Clerks 2 and some of his other movies. Um, but yeah, it's still doing the meta thing in a big way. Like definitely, maybe I mean, maybe the biggest way. The biggest, yeah, the biggest yeah, way. The biggest I mean, one. And in in a lot of ways, I think it's a advancement of things that he's been doing or whatever. But it's definitely <clears throat> the most overt. Um, and it gets so meta <laughs> that it's it becomes this full weird surreal thing. You know what I mean? That yeah. I. Think is actually cool. It feels like kind of the height of that meta thing to have Dante watching his own life and dying, like and ascending to heaven, whereas he's in a theater watching himself, which is the first movie and stuff like. And you have this emotional just montage based on just like uh, what's it called metric or whatever, like just based on time, Um, Mm -hmm. just like shots of the first movie. It's just like. 
man, why is this working to make me cry? <laughs> like, these are just shots from yeah. clerks. That's not a, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, oh man, yeah, he did stand there. And then they did walk over there. <laughs> like, you know, oh man, they pulled the thing out of the Pringles thing. I'm going to cry. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just because it's got, it's just because it's, it's, it's been raised to this level of meta-ness and, and it's been given all of this importance and it's become so important to us. Like, and it's, I don't know. That's kind of the magic of Kevin Smith. Like, you know what you I mean? Feel, like, really distilled. You really feel the passage of time, too. Like, they just look so much yeah. older and, like, so much time has passed. And it's, like, a beautiful idea that, like, in his, like, uh, you know, in his in his mental theater, like, whatever you call it, um, that he would, like, see his younger self and he would just see, like, you know, the movie they shot reminds him of his life. All these, all all these times this, this whole thing actually and, happened. Yeah, and like his life, the, and the, the movie is his life. And, and it is like he's dying, so he's having a death or, trip, and his life is passing before his eyes and whatever. And I mean, he could yeah. be just ascending a level of reality, you know what I mean? He, as the yeah. character in this movie, is dying, and then he ascends to be a person that could see this movie in the real reality. <laughs> Because the movie is not, oh. <laughs> and maybe that's what the afterlife truly is. That's a whole other is. thing, dude. He can see the real movie. He can see <laughs> the movie as it exists thing, to us. It's like you realize that you've just been the, in the movie. You're just a you're fictional the character. watching this movie, and yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, I don't even want to watch this movie anymore. Let's just... Yeah, man. Uh, it's really, I mean, it's really meta, poetic. Meta, it's really meta death poetic. trips are always really psychedelic. I mean, it's hard to, yeah. it's hard to get around that. <laughs> And it's, you and and it's very about, Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Weren't you and I talking about the uh, how like it would have been more powerful to see Rosario Dawson just at the end instead of like having that whole other scene with her in it? Yeah, well, I, I mean, my my major thing with Clerks Three is that I think that the scenes with Dante talking to Rosario Dawson should have been taken out of the movie completely. Um, except for the theater scene. I think that basically, like, when you see him having this, like, hallucinations where he's talking to his dead wife and crying and saying, I'm so alone, and, like, whatever, like, those moments, I don't, like, I love, I, I love O'Halloran, you know what I mean? But I don't think he can pull that shit off. It's, it, it feels really like, oh, you're trying so hard to act right now, or it's overacting in a, in a, in a way that's, like, it, his it's his style cringy. of acting works for certain things, but like he he cannot do that scene. What he can do is his freak out at Randall when he flips out at Randall and he like drops the script and starts saying like "fuck you" and whatever, and then has his heart attack. That is an incredible culmination of like Brian O'Halloran's like like career as Dante as like actor you know what I mean like that is he yeah. nails that shit so hard <laughs> and to have that in the same movie as him just like failing so hard and crying and saying I feel so alone and whatever it's like honestly like I don't even know if I can really blame it on O'Halloran or if it's just that these scenes are so like cringy like you know what I mean I also they like the joking stuff that they do they're trying to mix the sweet with the profane but it goes to the ass to mouth thing again. And I just like, that's not, <laughs> that's not my favorite clerks to joke. Like, uh, 
uh, you never go ask to bow figure the way everybody takes it so seriously and whatever like the whole yeah. that whole joke is so like it feels like a boomer joke or something like it feels like a mom joke even though it's not it's just like it has the feeling of one for some reason <laughs> never go ask to um, yeah it's there's something about that that's like i i hate it um and then like the, her being like oh yeah i'm going ass to mouth with gandhi and barton luther king and shit it's like okay like this is we don't like that's yeah it's a shame it's good. a shame because like it's a it's actually like a pretty heavy thing um to have ha- to have happened to that character, you know, like that he was with her and that she died and she was pregnant with his child or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it was like it's a pretty dramatic, like ending to that character. And to have that yeah. happen like off screen and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, between you know I mean? movies and whatever. Well, I like, think it would have been better if they just did, they they mentioned it without fully mentioning everything. I don't think the scene with like her popping up and like him saying he feels alone was even necessary because you could tell that something was off and that this something has happened. That's what I'm saying. I I think, I think that the idea of like the scene where he, they, they go to movies again. Right. And he doesn't want to go inside. Yeah. He's just like, he starts like getting choked up and he leaves his jacket outside or whatever and fucks off. It's like, that's all you need. You don't need him to then stand yeah. there and be like, but this was the place where we were together and that's, uh, you're gone now. And whatever. It's like, we all know that. That's all, it all works with a look. Like, and it did work with, yeah. and like, and I think that scene and the other one, like all the scenes with uh, her he didn't... are so telling you instead of showing you. And I think that if instead you hadn't had any of those and you were just kind of like, wait, what's he sad about? She is gone. Like, what is she going? And then, and then when, um, uh, what's her name? Mary Gigliotti, Veronica, when she says like, some of us like have a family. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, and they had that conversation about it. Like that would have been like, Oh fuck, like this is real. And then then he has this freak out and then it's like, that's the real thing coming out. And then at the very end you see him watching it and then he's in a theater and Holy shit. She shows up and you're like, oh, my God. And he realizes because she's there that he's dead and you realize and they don't even need to say anything except that she's like, are you sure you want to go? You don't want to finish the ending? Like, that would have been perfect. Yeah, and it is. It, it is yeah. perfect in the movie. It works really well. But it just would have worked so much better if you hadn't seen her until that moment. And I was like, oh, my God, Rosaria is here. Like, he's dead. Like, this is powerful. Yeah. And honestly, I, I, I like... I like Rosario Dawson, but she's like, she's also giving just kind of like a pretty confused performance in both Clerks 2 and Clerks 3. Like she's not really like a strong part of the second one. Um, there's something try hard about her performance in Clerks 2. Well, just I think like that she's a lot trying, of that movie. She's giving, a, she's giving a Kevin Smith performance, I think. I, I, I don't know that I, like after rewatching Clerks 2 again, I don't know that I hold that against her as much as I used to. I think that it, yeah, part well, of it is that like I resent work. these it, new characters for being new characters to begin with. And so it was hard for me to accept when they're like, I think Elias too was somebody that I really hated in clerks too. Mm-hmm. But now watching it again, I'm kind of like, I oh, mean, he's, he's fine. It's, it's nah, man, like, I mean, clerks three, he's got a does, great little clerks three does a lot of favors for Elias for sure. But yeah, I think Elias is I great. Don't, in clerks 3. 
I don't think Clerks Three does uh, does Rosario Dawson. Favors what, Rosario. What's her character's name again? Totally, uh, I agree. Like, I agree. Doesn't do her any favors. Uh, Becky, Becca, yeah. Becky. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's like those scenes. X. It's like what happened. What happened to him is. What happened to him is so dark and dramatic that it's almost like hard to tackle it in a way that's really goofy or whatever. Um, yeah. Like, and I think like her scenes where she shows up as a ghost, like there's just like her attempt, her performance is all about levity and being really goofy and like laughing everything off. And then he's just crying in her face and she's just being like bouncy and goofy. Like it's still like tonally weird. Um, yeah. I mean, it makes it, it kind like, of interesting, but it also makes it not. Well, like, I don't, well, it's also like, you know, like whenever you see any kind of movie about like you see a dead person, dead person's always like more like satisfied or like you know content where they are. The other person's super sad because like they're not because the person's dead. Yeah, but, but I don't. I, I didn't think that was weird. Yeah, I, I didn't don't think know. that was weird at all. I don't know that there's like any moment where Becky is like you know, not bouncy or trying to be funny or cute or whatever it is. Like she's very twee. There might be like one moment in yeah. to like near the end or whatever, where she's like upset with Dante for some reason. I don't remember. But like, uh, I mean, she's a little more real in clerks too than, um, the wife. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess like I guess she is a figment of his imagination in Clerks Three, so like it's a pass in some ways. But yeah, I don't know. It's like you're ultimately like all that information gets like conveyed better, and like the seriousness of it gets conveyed better if it's like out of sight. You know, like her absence would be felt a lot more if you just didn't see her in the movie, and like but you saw like the picture of her on the cash register, and just like you know what I mean, like all these things of like yeah, this person actually is gone. And it's not like you can visit their ghosts and, like, right, yeah. right, talk to them. I mean, I think it's kind of like the big chill, right? Like, yeah. where, like you could you could have maybe filmed these scenes of him talking to her and then just, like, cut them out of the movie. Because, yeah, yeah. like, the big chill, basically you have the whole flashback sequence of the Thanksgiving from 10 years earlier or whatever that they shot with Kevin Costner and whatever, and then they just completely cut out of the movie and then Kevin Costner's dead, not in the movie. And so you have this absence felt, you know, mm -hmm. I think that an absence felt instead of just like having the like, yeah, yeah, let's show what, what would happen if they were talking to each other. Like, we don't need that. It was, mm -hmm. you can, you can show us. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, I think that there's a lot of, other places that this movie succeeds outside of uh, the the two fucking you know weird. Ghosts. Yeah, there's, there's there's only two scenes, I guess. Yeah, because the last one is decent in the theater. Um, but yeah, Muse is good. Muse is like decent in this movie. He feels like sprightly and young. I like the callbacks oh. to the first movie that they do in this one. I, I like him like. I like seeing them repeat, like, it's almost like meme worthy or TikTok worthy is like 
the stars from Clerks re- reenact the scenes uh, in their older age. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, click Ooh, here. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just like, they're go- like, I love the thing where it's just like, well, I'm not going to shop here. He's like, no, you ever come back here. Jay reenacting that. Yeah. Yeah. I was waiting for that part of that. Like, say, so say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also just think the comedy is and pretty. she wants to do pretty... one is Lucy. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause wasn't that like, the real deal? Lucy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the real deal. She just wanted to do that. So they're like, yeah, we're going to keep this in the movie. <laughs> like, why did that happen? Because she wanted to do what is Lucy. Okay. It's a great. That's a great joke. I, just because it's real. But it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like the, uh, I like the beat where Jay doesn't remember that, like, that's the video store or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're like mm-hmm. selling, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. The, the video store is now like a dispensary that they work out of, I guess. But never cleaned the VHSs out of. Uh, yeah, like they like all the VHSs are still in there, and it's like it's like, wait, the video store closed. <laughs> it's like this is the video store. <laughs> yep. And then he says, "Like, I th- mm. man, I'm getting senile and shit in my old age." <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. It's like Jay's been smoking weed every day for the past ten years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody can keep up is a just, streak like that. Time dude. is just flying by. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but also I think I think the incorporation of his uh his whole heart attack, heart attack is like really good. A lot of the stuff in the movie is completely directly out of a uh a um what's it called? The uh, late show, it was on, he was on the late show with Stephen Colbert right after his heart attack. Um, and it's from that sort of interview. I mean, it's not really an interview. He asks one question and then Kevin Smith just goes off on a whole riff. Um, but that riff is basically like the basis of the whole heart attack sequence in this movie. Um, where the doctor's talking to him a certain way, where he's like, you know, saying like, we got to shave you. And then he's like, well, what is the groin to you? And let me just pull my pants to the side, whatever. And the doctor just ripping his pants off and the way, like all that <laughs> stuff is like straight out of like what actually happened to him. Um, he's just like, I'm, I'm really like, I've got body positivity issues, man. Like I, like if you take this off, I guarantee I'm going to have a much bigger heart attack. <laughs> Let's just please. And then they just like did. <laughs> that was all, that was all real. Um, he just put it in Randall's mouth, um, and I think mm-hmm. that you know that came off as like a really good, I, almost iconic sequence. You know what I mean? He, he was depicting this thing in a very real way, and again, like I, I think that Dante's death too. Like the, the way that this movie dealt with death, I thought was actually like very mature and like sad. <laughs> like, I don't know. And real. Like, I, I, I think it's a that sad movie. there's something really sad about the Clerks franchise in general. Like, all three of them. Right? <clears throat> like, the first Clerks is a movie by a guy who is like, I mean, maybe at that point in his career he's hopeful in some, in some way or whatever, but like, he's not a success. <laughs> like, you know? And what he has to say about things is not really, like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a, it's a cynical movie in a lot of ways. 
Um, it's not super romantic. It's very hard-edged and, and cynical. The second one mm-hmm. is, like, really depressing. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, the first one is, like, talking about, like, like dead girls that you dated and, like, things. Like, just the things that that movie indulges in is just, like, real sad, fucked-up life stuff and not going on and not doing something with yourself. and You know what I mean? Just, mm-hmm. like, it's sad. And the second one even more so of just, like, these kind of, like, it's kind of getting sadder and whatever. The third one, like, I think that the way that this movie deals with kind of like trying as an as like somebody that's an adult, like, you know what I mean, and like dying as somebody is like I, I don't know. There's something really, really sad about it. It's like all of the all three of these movies are like really, really epically like sad movies. Wow. Like, I don't I don't think there's another movie I can think of that like really. Yeah, like Randall. Just, Randall think, only yeah. has Elias in the end. No, totally. totally. It happened. Elias is going to be his best friend. Yeah, but yeah. like they also, it doesn't. It doesn't feel as sad anymore. I don't know. I mean, like, or, or but like Elias has proved himself to a certain degree. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's least. true. And also, Dante well, and Randall well, he, kind he, of came to a reckoning. He's no longer uh, believes in God, so therefore Randall can like have a conversation with her or something right like right right exactly <laughs> he's at least a satanist now so they can be friends <laughs> but it seems like they will be friends i don't know it's like it's weirdly hopeful or whatever but like actually like compared to the other two it actually is weirdly hopeful for a movie where like it's about death um because it also is about the creation of clerks it's also about you know yeah this makes, thing of they do make do the something. movie yeah um they make the movie and they capture their lives and they tell their story and they like get to do that you know like dante gets to do that because it's his story too that was the whole point right so like randall randall's like got a big ego and he's this whole thing is revolving around him because of his near-death experience and um it has like an interesting like structure in that way that like it like culminates with this yeah like uh Dante's rant that it was his life too and he's been by his side the whole time and that like he didn't actually really get his consent to like relive all this shit and to have to go through all this and uh, just dealing with the fact that Randall just kind of gets to have a pass on asking for whatever he wants and pushing people around, but even though that's kind of like what he's done his whole life already. Um, right. But, but yeah, they do reconcile, and I think like him coming to the hospital and showing him the movie, like, and saying his piece about how like you know he really loved him and that like he was always his hero and he was always the star of his movie or whatever. It's like a. Uh, it's like a big thing for Randall to have to admit because of just how deeply egocentric he is and how he, and how he like says like, I'm Luke or even in, um, like, I think maybe it's at the beginning of Jane's town with Bob where you're in the quick stop. And like, he's like, are you, he's like, are you gay? He's like, why am I the bitch? Dante's like, why am I the bitch? And then Randall's like, that's the way I I would see it if we were gay. (laughs) Yeah. Right, right, right. There's always like a thing yeah. where Randall always has to have the upper hand and just like Dante is like not you know, he's always kind of like 
aping over Dante, but yeah, 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 yeah. Him having to admit that like Dante has always just been like his world or whatever. It's also the kind of like slightly gay bromance thing that's oh, yeah. going on in Kevin sure. Smith movies sure. all the time. Sure. But uh, <clears throat> I mean, the whole yeah. first franchise is it, that's that's a lifelong romance, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. And, until, until death does them part, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We've uh, we've done probably about four hours, and maybe we should call it, guys. <laughs> this four hours? <laughs> yep, yep, about four hours. We're probably... Uh... Well, we did. We got through all the Kevin Smith movies. We yeah, did. We got, we got through anything, them all. Anything else we got we to gotta mm-hmm. add? we wanted to talk about Kevin Smith wise I feel like it did a lot yeah is there anything else anyone wants to say before we sign off I don't know if there's much more we can say like we have a lot of complaints about it but we're all big fans of Kevin Smith yeah yeah we're all big fans <laughs> of Kevin know. Smith Kevin Smith is awesome and the reason, part of the reason we wanted to record this podcast and have this conversation is because Kevin Smith doesn't always get his due and doesn't always get yeah. credit for yeah yeah, his, he's like, you know. All the things that he originated. Yeah, and just like how idiosyncratic and uh, of an auteur he is and whatever. You know, he just doesn't get the same credit as your Paul Thomas Andersons and your Tarantinos and your Cronenbergs and whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Idiosyncratic routine, you might say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> you, you get that? Yes, yes. Thank you so much. Okay. Idiosyncratic routine. That's where I learned the that's word the, idiosyncratic as well. Me too. That's the, that's the name of... Uh, uh, um, Alyssa's comic. The, the comic book. Yeah, yeah. The comics. That, yeah. Idiosyncratic routine. Idiosyncratic routine. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That is a yeah, pretentious it's... lesbian comic if I've ever heard one. Very cute. Very cute. Um... Well, girl stuff, but cute. Well, yeah, well, chick stuff, but cute. Right? What is that? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cute. Chick stuff, but cute. Chick stuff, but cute. Yeah, yeah. Or it's cute. Chick stuff, but good. Or something. I don't know. Whatever it was. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Any final notes? I guess. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Rasan. We'll, yeah. uh, we'll have you again soon. All right. Yeah, Rasan, thanks for coming on with us. That was fun. No problem. Do it again some other time. Until next time, peace out, yo. Peace out, homie. Good to be with you.